Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I get all into the G1 tournament. What a G1 Climax 30 tournament we had. We also talk about the final between Sonata and Kota Ibushi going towards Wrestle Kingdom in January. Also, we get into New Day, the end of the New Day. Kofi and Xavier Woods going over to Raw and Big E on SmackDown. We talk about the ramifications and a possible future. Also, speaking of futures, we talk to Cowboy James Storm, pro wrestling's hottest free agent right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Want to get into the G1 tournament. We haven't really talked a lot about the G1 tournament. And I thought from beginning to end, uh, you know, starting in uh, September 19th to finally we got the final on Sunday, Bully. Um, I thought a damn good G1 tournament. And if you look at match quality throughout, I think it's one of the best G1 tournaments of recent memory. Saying that it was uh, one of the best tournaments in recent memory, okay, fine. But did you feel like this G1 had the same amount of sizzle? Do you think people were talking about it as much? If you just gauge by social media, do you think you think it was on the tip of everybody t- uh, tip of everybody's tongue, or do you think it just kind of happened and is now you know kind of done with? Yeah, I think there's a lot for that one is because uh you know they were supposed to be touring in the u.s with new japan obviously because of the pandemic that didn't happen uh new japan is no longer on access tv bully so i think that affected a lot of interest here in the states as well because uh, there were times to bully uh throughout the years when they were on access that you would get a live show on access or they would have it the day of like when there were shows in the u.s they would be live on access and when there was something big like, you know, what we saw with, you know, Wrestle Kingdoms, it would be delayed a few hours and you would be able to see it that next evening. That That's a big hit. Now, in the world of streaming, they do have a great streaming service with New Japan World, but not a lot of fans know about that. And there, there's still a lot of people, myself included, that love you know, sitting down in their living room, turning on their TV and they'd be able to watch something, not having to worry about certain streaming services and things like that. So it will catch on. But I feel like this is the first tournament that really felt the effects of not a not having the tour in the States and b not being on access TV. The touring in the States is only recent, Dave. I mean, the G1's been around for a long time. Uh, I don't think the the New Japan touring of the States was 
a huge deal for anybody <clears throat> other than diehard New Japan fans in the States. We saw them have a really good tour when they went to Philly, Boston, and New York, sold out three nights in a row. When they went into Dallas or some of the California uh, shows, uh, they, they were, don't take, don't get me wrong, good shows, but they didn't sell out. They didn't, you know, exactly knock them dead. It's kind of like they're here and they're gone and forgotten about where obviously in the world of the WWE or AEW, we're talking about them for a while. Um, New Japan will always be for the absolute diehard, uh, in my opinion. I think it, you know, it would be interesting to put like WWE fans in front of uh, New Japan shows and see if they like them immediately. If, if, if fans who are entertainment fans, as opposed to diehard pro wrestling fans, and me and you know that the pro wrestling you get in New Japan, the in-ring action, the in-ring athleticism is as, as far to the top of the food chain as it gets anywhere on the planet. Because the work rate over there is phenomenal because Listen, in New Japan, they probably take it as seriously, if not more seriously, than just about any other wrestlers on the planet. And it shows in the ring, in their styles and in their work. Not a lot of people, not everybody agrees with the psychology of New Japan. And I get that. Um, but as, as far as them really breaking into the U.S. and getting portions of that uh, WWE fan base, not quite sure. AEW fan base completely different story because i think more aew fans gravitate towards new japan yes and 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 you know that because a lot of fans are hoping that there would be some kind of relationship between aew and new japan as of right now john moxley who is your aew world champion is the u.s champion for new japan so I mean, they're hoping that there's still going to be some kind of relationship. Jericho helped with that relationship over the last few years. And maybe that has something to do with New Japan not being at the forefront of a lot of wrestling fans here in the States' minds because there isn't the involvement right now of a John Moxley or a Chris Jericho, what we have seen. Also, a big wrestler that's been talked about a lot here in the States over the, about the last five to 10 years is Okada. Okada not being in uh, the final match for the G1 tournament. We'll see what happens once we get uh, you know, to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And we'll get to Wrestle Kingdom in just a second. But also the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club is not as high profile as it used to be because of the involvement of some of the wrestlers that went on to AEW. So I think that's a big thing. Plus, with the final match that we saw yesterday, Bully, there was no involvement with the Bullet Club at all. I think the theme with the G1 tournament was about the Bullet Club, and then we didn't get any Bullet Club members. You know, the, the final match that we saw... You know, on Sunday, and again, it it was a good match. It, you know, Sonata and and Ibushi, but it's almost like you, you you know you wish for something and then you get it and you're a little disappointed. They didn't want a Jay White. They didn't want an Evil in, in the finals because you wanted to get that technically scientific match, and you got that with Ibushi and, and Kenta. But it was kind of like that mutually respected match that didn't have a lot of drama around the match at the final didn't have a lot of drama. So if you don't have drama <clears throat> and you don't have a story and you don't have emotion, what do you strip down to? Just a wrestling match. 
just a bunch of moves and a bunch of reversals and a bunch of spots here and there. And that's going to kind of be my take when we talk about Sonata. Because there are things within Sonata's game that make it very difficult for uh, a fan that wants something more than moves to really get into. And his, uh, the decision to go with him in the finals, to me, questionable. I understand why they did it, but I'm not quite sure it was the best, especially because we saw considerably better matches. I mean, the semifinal match with Evil. To me, Evil brings more to the table. There's more of a character. There's more personality there. You know, we, when we, whenever we talk about Orange Cassidy, I always go back to Sonata. Sonata had that laid-back, lazy, I-don't-give-a-damn feeling a long time ago. And when you have somebody like that, unless it's like some strong-style wrestler, I'll go back to Misawa. Misawa wasn't big on personality, but boy, oh boy, did people gravitate towards that almost lack of personality, but incredibly incredible in the ring. That traditional, like, soft-spoken, you know, warrior-esque style. I don't think we get the same thing with Sonata. And, And he doesn't have that much personality also. So we'll dive a little deeper into that. I mean, I see you smiling. You see that you see where I'm coming from. No, I do because it's almost like I felt like Sonata's almost there, but he's not there yet. Abushi is somebody that to me was that was like his story. He's always the underdog. He's not quite there, and this was kind of like, hey, he's there. But you had two guys that it's kind of like this to two Cinderella stories. We see that all the time in major sports, where it's like you root for the Cinderella story. But then you get the Cinderella. But now you have you, you, it's not the Cinderella story going up against like the veteran or or the constant champion or the evil empire. Well, now you have two Cinderella stories going head to head, and it kind of ceases to be a story once you have two underdogs in the ring together. You split the fans in half because now half of the fans want to see one Cinderella story go over. And the other half want to see the other Cinderella story. Now, fans were behind Sonata yes. in that final. They definitely were. He's been around for a while. I think they wanted to see him um, see him win. But I think Sonata caters to a very specific fan. Like, if you are a fan of Sonata, you're going to like what he does. If you're not necessarily uh, enthralled with him, I don't know what there is about his game or his style that's going to really draw you in. And it's funny because you look at the A block and the B block of the G1 tournament, just from the standings, because Abushi won the A block with 14 points. But you look at just below that with 12 points, you had Jay White, Okada, and Osprey. Think about that. Jay White, Okada, and Osprey. Probably would have been a damn good story if any one of those three would have made it to the final match. And then you look at the B block with, you know, tied with Sonata. Sonata got the, you know, Sonata got the win because he had wins over both of them, but Naito and Evil. So just look at that. A block, Jay White, Okada, and Osprey, and the B block, Naito and Evil. You want to bring 
fans in, you want to show a promotional video of any one of those six names that I just mentioned, and you want to bring a fan that's not a hardcore wrestling fan or a diehard New Japan fan in, you you give one of those six a shot at the final, I think you can bring those eyes onto the product. I don't think this year's tournament was the right time to go with two Cinderella stories. I think because of the pandemic and everything that's going on and you want to, and, and they had fans there, they plenty of fans there. Yes. Um, so it's really not affecting them as much. I just don't think, I, I think especially if you wanted to capture more fans in the States, you want to go with the bigger stars. And check this out. This might put into perspective what I'm trying to say about Sonata. <clears throat> and Dave, on a side note, Sonata spent some time at the Team 3D Academy, so I have a love for Sonata as a wrestler. But I got to be brutally honest on the show about how I feel and how performance. Physicality in the ring, yeah, we're all there. But personality-wise, watch this. What did I say about Jay White a year ago? He said he wasn't there. He, you know, he didn't have a lot of personality, he didn't have a lot of character. Didn't have a lot of personality. I'll take Jay White over Sonata. And you know what? <laughs> I, and here's the thing, Bully, and, and and maybe we're talking over a lot of people's heads, but you know what? Then this is a lesson for those who may not be feel, familiar with New Japan. Bully, what did I always say the foundation of this show was? I'm going to talk about the world of pro wrestling and maybe teach some wrestling fans. So for those who aren't familiar with New Japan or don't watch New Japan, well, guess what? I'm We're going to teach you about New Japan because – one of the biggest shows in pro wrestling is Wrestle Kingdom, and that's coming up in January. So we're going to give you a lot of information to build up towards what's now, Bully, as as last year, two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, which I find very, very interesting as well at the Tokyo Dome. But to go back to two wrestlers that I thought it needed some help when it came to personality and character and telling a story, Jay White being one, with the Bullet Club, I thought he needed a little bit more personality and character. That happened during the course of this G1 tournament. I look at Jay White completely different than I did before September 19th. The other one is Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay, what you want to talk about an MVP of the tournament? Will Ospreay is probably the MVP of this year's G1 tournament. In the past year, the personality that has come out of Jay White and Will Ospreay has been... Um... I'll, I'll give the edge to Jay White because I think he had less personality than Osprey did, but their movement forward personality-wise has been r really good in my eyes, and I, and I think you agree with that based on your comments. You just What you just said about, look it, you had Osprey, you have White, you have Kanahashi. Okada, I mean, <laughs> all of these names, but they Evil. decided to go... <laughs> Crazy. And, and, lo and look at Evil. Evil's kind of like in that in, in that same pairing as Sonata. Hell, yeah. uh, Evil and Sonata were tagging with one another, you know, during some Ring of Honor tours over the past couple of years. But even Evil has moved forward personality-wise. And when you see Evil, there's something to really get into. With Sonata, there's something missing. And even though you said it was a good match, and I'll agree it was a good match... With two very definitive matches there for me. The front end of that match was a bit lackluster. The back end of that match, when they started with all the false finishes and the very spotty stuff, yes, people got into it. But I don't think it was the final that 
New Japan needed this year. I would have went with my stars and some heavy hitters. But then people are going to say, well, if you go with your stars and your heavy hitters, how do you develop new talent? Okay, fine. You better you better hit the gas pedal with Ibushi then. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's what we're seeing now. They, I think they are hitting the gap, gas pedal with Ibushi. But I think most fans, and I want to hear from some fans that that are into the tournament, watch the tournament, or maybe watched it for the first time, or maybe are a bit puzzled by what we're talking about. But I think I stand with a lot of fans that thought that these finals this year was going to be Jay White and Evil. Like, oh my God! Like, well, I mean, the Bullet, you talk about the Bullet Club, you know, you, you, worldwide, we talk about factions. I mean, I don't think there's any bigger faction worldwide than the Bullet Club. Imagine if your final this year would have been Jay White versus Evil. I, I would have, personally, as a fan, I think I would have enjoyed that a little more. And I, and I always go back to because of the characters and the personalities. I just think there's more there. And when you have those things, you can have a great match. Some people might be saying, yeah, but a new Japan, Bubba, you know, it's not about personality. It's not about character. It's about the match and the spirit of the fight. Well, I think we would have got a better wrestling match, better final with Jay White and Evil. I, I don't think Sonata was the right one for the equation because I don't think he's there yet. You talk about like the the heart of competition, strong style. You know, if you watch the tournament from beginning to end, both Jay White and Evil used outside interference to win all their matches. So imagine they get to the final. And now the Bullet Club has to choose over who they're going to help, whether it's Jay White or Evil. I mean, the story tells itself. And, and right there, there's so yeah. much more of a story right there. But again, but when you look at, you know, you know, a lot of New Japans are happy that they're going to get this technical scientific match between, you know, Sonata and Ibushi. So I want to hear from I want to hear from some nation members if they watch the tournament if they're interested in the tournament and they're are they're going to tune in to Wrestle Kingdom. Go ahead. When you watch Sonata, do you ever get a sense of urgency from him? No, he's not that type of a wrestler that 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 has that. Do you ever get a sense of desperation from him? Do you ever feel like the real struggle in him? He's he he's. I don't really get a lot of like facial expressions from Sonata. So I, my answer would be no. So it's just stripped down to the wrestling. And I use Masawa as a comparison. Now, New Japan fans uh, and, and, and Japanese wrestling fans, don't go batshit crazy when I compare Sonata to Masawa. I'm not comparing them as wrestlers, stars, legends, blah, blah, blah. I'm comparing the facial expressions or the lack thereof of a personality. It's when I look at when I look at them, it's like Masawa to me was always just stoic there was no expression there was nothing when he came to the ring when he raised his hand to say hello to the crowd when he won he was just dead face deadpan somehow over to the moon i mean we could sit here and talk for hours about how great yes. Masawa was but sonata's kind of the same thing and i'm finding it more difficult to get into what he what he does or the the message he's trying to convey but Hopefully it all works. <laughs> I mean, does does Abushi does Abushi and Naito excite you as a wrestling fan? 
Does don't put Naito into there because Naito obviously Naito's is enter- is entertaining as all hell. And then you factor in Jay White. Jay White confronted Ibushi during the press conference as well. So listen, when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom, I think we'll be okay. But as far as what we saw on Sunday, it was a little bit lackluster compared to the rest of the tournament. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. No, what I said is if you had to bet a dollar right now, in six months from now, who do you think will be in a better position or who do you think the WWE... Uh, will be running with more. Well, who do you think has more potential or upside, Xavier and Kofi or Big E? It's a great question, and here's why. Because you have to look at the landscape of the shows that they're on. So you have Xavier Woods and Kofi, and they have shown in the past that they could do it as a team. They have now for decades multiple tag team champions. But you look at Big E. Obviously, they want to give Big E a big singles push. But is there a room right now for Big E to have a big singles push because in the eyes of the WWE, I would think bully that means a championship run with Roman as your champion. Is there room for big E at the top of that card? So if I had to bet a dollar, it's it's Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston as a tag team on raw. I'm going to go with Big E. because Xavier and Kofi have been tag team champions and you know, various uh, uh, duos within the New Day have been tag team champions. As a tag team, what is there really for uh, Xavier and Kofi to do other than be a team and win a tag team championship for the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th time? It's good. It's it's a good point. They've done the that. Up- They've been there, done that. But I worry about Big E, Bully, because... I mean, with this whole story around Roman Reigns and the family ties and where this could lead possibly at next year's WrestleMania, I mean, is there room at the top of the card for Big E? Um, where it's going to go for WrestleMania next year, uh, I mean, obviously, if you were to give options right now, which is a bigger WrestleMania main event, Roman Reigns and The Rock versus The Rock or Roman Reigns versus Big E, it's kind of a no-brainer. I think they are going to give Biggie every opportunity to succeed. If Kofi got that opportunity, I don't see why you don't give it to Biggie also. Now Kofi kind of fell into it, or there, there, there's also talk. There, there was also talk that there were major, there were plans for Kofi. But whether whether he fell into it or whether there were plans, he still did a phenomenal job uh, in his run and as champion. I think we can get the same thing with Big E. I think there's a tremendous upside for him, and there's a lot more room for him to grow as a single star. It almost feels like the end of an era after what you heard and saw on Friday, Bully. Nah, it's not an end of an era. It's a pause button, and that's all it is. And when these guys get back together one day, it's going to do big business for the WWE. After a SmackDown, um, after the segment with the New Day, um, 
with them pouring their hearts out to each other and then having their six-man match, the first thing I started thinking of is building a new six-man team or building a, 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 um, a faction uh, like a shield, but a very, very heel faction shield. Uh, a, a fabulous Freebirds-esque. I, I know I'm talking crazy here because we're never getting another f- fabulous Freebirds. We're, we may not never get another version of like a shield. I would design a super group of heels, almost like um, uh, uh, a Legion of Doom, so to speak, from the Super Friends, that I would build for the eventual reunion of the New Day. Now, in the world of WWE, if they're going to put the New Day back together, they'll build up this super group a month before they put the New Day together. I'd love to see a slow burn of a heel group that individually did their own thing, but then once the three of them came together, they were basically almost unstoppable. And there's only going to be one... uh, one group out there that could stop these guys, and that would be the reunion of the New Day. I know this is very far down the road, but I would be thinking about it right now. Like, I like Cesaro, Nakamura, and um, and Sheamus. Uh, and Sheamus all together. Those three guys, if used to the m- maximum of their potential, could be those heels. But as we know, it'll probably never happen. It would have been actually cool. Not cool. A lot of people are going to disagree with me on this one. If Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sheamus would have beat the New Day on SmackDown on Friday. Leave a really bad taste in fans' mouths and the, and the, and the, and the New Day where, you know what, like you said... That's hitting the pause button. Let's continue down the road. And that could have started the foundation of what you're talking about. The wrestler in me agrees. The booker in me disagrees. Because they are never going to take the wind out of everybody's sails on a situation like that the other night from the New Day. The New Day is all about happy, happy, joy, joy. Um and that was too much of a moment in the promo with the win, with everything that they got. They're going to they're gonna leave a great taste in everybody's mouth because I don't know if there's anybody else on SmackDown that night or in all of the WWE that brings as much of a smile to people's faces as the New Day. And that's True. what the WWE does. They bring smiles to people's faces. That's kind of like the company, you know, the, the, the mantra, the, the, you know, the, 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 the what is it, the. No, that's uh, like the that's, no. That's their slogan. That's yeah, uh, their slogan. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 we like Stephanie McMahon said we put smiles on people's faces. So that certainly wouldn't have left a smile on anyone's face. But that's the beauty in it. You know, the beauty of it is that it wouldn't put a smile on people's faces. But like you said, the mantra, the slogan of the WWE is just that. And you'd have to have a heel faction <clears throat> that you truly wanted to run with in order to do that. And they're not running with, you know, Seamus, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura, despite the fact that I think all three of them together would do a fantastic job. But see, that's the beauty of it. It's so funny because, you know, since we had Kia Stevens on the other day, I've been watching, I rewatched Glow. And like with Glow, they had like the finale, the season finale of you know, of their first season. And they had like, you know, the big baby face beat, you know, the Russian nightmare to win, you know, to win the glow crown. 
And then right before it was about to end, another big heel came out and destroyed her. Well, what does that do? That makes you want to tune into the next show. When it comes to when it comes to the new day, all right, it's great. You got a great smile on everyone's face, but what's the hook? You know, what's what's gonna make me wanna to tune into the next show and the next week's show? We already love the new day. Now you're breaking up the new day. At least if you end somewhat of yeah, in a in a catastrophic way, then it's going to make you want to tune into the show, so that either hey, are they going to get them get put them back together? What could possibly happen here? It just seems like they just tied a lot of loose ends, and that doesn't make you want to tune in to next week's show. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The two early to have a beer is 11 o'clock in the morning too early to have a beer james hell no man what are you talking about it's uh as it you know i always say it's five o'clock somewhere no it's beer drinking time somewhere it don't matter what o'clock it is <laughs> i like it all right jay we, we're here with james storm a friend of the show there's a lot to get into with james storm i before we get into into the wrestling talk james and uh, I, I need I need some advice from you because obviously the world has changed with this pandemic a lot. LaGreca has changed a lot during this pandemic. I went from, you know, living in the city to now living out in the country. And it's been a, a, a drastic change for me. I'm living up in the mountains in the middle of the woods. I'm dealing with bear. Like you got to you're you're a country guy. You got to help me with this transition that I'm going through right now. Well, first of all, you just made yourself sound like the biggest sissy ever. You got to say at least bears. You can't just say a bear, you know. And I'm sure it's not the mountains. I'm sure you're just like on top of a little hill, hill somewhere. So <laughs> just, uh, just, just get you some cold bears, some Jack Daniels, and you know, let the world be uh, how it goes. Okay. I mean, I think I think a lot of people, alcohol is their best friend during these tough times. All right, James, a lot a lot to get into with you. First of all, you're not only a pro wrestler, but you're also an author. Uh, you have the book out, the children's book, Make Your Own Luck. Uh, talk about that, a book that's now available on Amazon. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, you know, I uh, had a Seven Horns production, uh, you know, come to me and asked if I thought about you know, releasing a children's book, uh, you know, and I wanted it to be something that I kind of read when I was little where, you know, if you make a decision here, it affects what you do in the future, just like life really, you know, and, uh, and I wanted to make it so I can read it along with my kids too. So, I mean, you know, I couldn't pass up the opportunity and we got together and knocked it out in like four months. So it was really cool. What's the basis of the children's book, James? See, the, the bad thing was, it's well, it's about uh, it's about a sheriff that is running a town, uh, and these bandits come to steal all the root beer. But the funny thing about the book is, I made all the the villains in the book my family. So my wife is like the lead hill, and then my kids are like the the minions under the lead hill. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Everybody loves a good root beer, Bully. That is true. What kind of root beer do you like, Dave? 
I mean, you know, I, I I'm a I'm a big fan of A and W. I like, you know, I'll even go, I'll even stretch out and get a little birch beer every once in a while. You know, birch beer ain't too bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> James, uh, let's get into the wrestling talk. Obviously, I said it earlier on the show. You're like the hottest free agent in pro wrestling right now because you're kind of like a man without a home. It wasn't that long ago. You're you're with Eli Drake, tag team champions on NWA Power, and obviously, a lot has changed. And you know, we don't even see that show right now. Like, what's your status right now with the NWA? How did that go about? How did that end? Uh, you, you know it. it uh, it was, we did our last taping, like around the end of, uh, January, uh, that's okay. the last taping that they, they did. And, uh, and it was something where I actually, you know, kind of had like another, uh, month on the contract, uh, that I had, but, uh, actually the Thursday, uh, before the Royal Rumble, uh, the WWE contacted me and asked me if I would, uh, like to come in and stuff. But the bad thing is, is I didn't get the damn email till after the rumble and I got back home Wednesday because my phone, the email on my phone was not working. So, so, and then, uh, they were basically like, well, since we're getting into WrestleMania season, uh, let's just kind of, let's just kind of just hold off everything until, you know, right after mania. So, and then, uh, you know, I talked to, you know, I talked to Billy Corrigan, uh, and, and, you know, and told him, you know, whatever you guys need me to do to go out the right way, you know, uh, you know, I'll do it. And we actually, they were going to plan a show like kind of around that WrestleMania weekend, you know, when all the you know shows go on and, and I was going to drop it down there and, you know, just, as I say, just do good business on the way out the door. Uh, so you were supposed to come in for the rumble. Is that what they contacted you about? Uh, you know, I don't think it was to come in for the rumble. I just, I, you know, cause they never did say, uh, you, you know how it is. You, you never know until, it's over with really until you, you know, you're in the ring, you get back to the back and take your boots off. But, uh, you know, I kind of felt that way, uh, you know, uh, because like I said, it was on that Thursday and I didn't get, you know, I didn't get to answer the email until I got back home Wednesday. So, and, you know, and uh, it was uh Heyman that wanted to bring me into to raw and it was basically, you know, like, Hey, I need guys like you that know how to work. You know, because I tell everybody all the time, I'm like, WWE, AEW, New Japan, they got guys that can do every move in the book. I said, there ain't no move you're going to come up with that one of those guys can't do. I said, but, you know, there's a lot of guys who don't make it really believable, you know, anymore. So, in, in, in my eyes, anyways. So, did you did you and Heyman have a conversation about you coming into, to, uh, coming into Raw? Well, I was going through uh, Canyon. Uh, you know, but, you know, it all kind of just trickled down and stuff. And, you know, they were, they were, you know, straight up front. They're like, look, look we want to bring you in to help, help out a lot of our younger guys, you know, and, and stuff. And I was like, Hey, you know, it, it pays the same. I don't, I don't care, you know? And, uh, and to me, to be able to do that anyways, especially, you know, at that level that they trust me to go in, go in the ring. And because I always tell people like, you can tell people what to do all day, but unless you have that talent that can work with them in the ring, you know, it, it kind of gets lost in trans, translation a little bit. And so, uh, and, and I mean, they were straightforward and they said, look, you, but you never know, you know, you can come in here and catch fire. And then, you know, before you know, you're off to the races doing something else. So, and, and I felt confident enough in myself knowing that I can go in there and do the job that they wanted me to do. But also at the same time, I know that I can go in there and get myself over with the WWE universe. So it's crazy, James, when you talk about that email that you got the Thursday before 
uh, the Royal Rumble and how much has changed in very short time <laughs> right after that Royal Rumble. It's crazy. Like it's it's amazing. Like the the story that you're telling. Like you know you didn't get you know email access on your phone and then how much you know. All right. Oh, we'll 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 catch up with you after the Rumble and then leading up to WrestleMania. So much changed not only in pro wrestling but this world. Like, do you think that that opportunity could arise again? Uh, you, you know, as I say, never say never in pro wrestling. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like, hopefully, it does uh, because I was really looking forward to it. Like, I, you know, I busted my ass to you know get in shape for that period. I actually got down to like ten percent body fat, which for me is ridiculous. You know, and uh, but it's just one of those things where uh, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that it, you know I was going to wait to WrestleMania because on the last taping at NWA. I hyperextended my knee real bad. And I actually thought I might have torn like my MCL or something like that. And so I went to the doctor and then I was getting cortisone shots and like working out with a trainer to get that done. But then some of the other guys that I talked to that are up there, like you got to be really careful with the drug test because uh, even, you know, certain pre-workouts or coffee could pop the, you know, the test. You just have to be careful. So I was actually going once a month to, uh, a doctor and going, you see these, I got to make sure that none of these is in this system, you know, come this date. And, uh, and so like I was paying that out of my own pocket and everything. And, you know, I was just, I was ready, you know, I was ready to go. James, I'm just listening to you, to the story about, you know, the discussions of possibly bringing you in and you helping younger talent, especially with like, you know, learning how to work and, and helping them get over the, the only other talent that I had ever seen, skip over like nxt was aj Styles. so were they looking to do something with you to the level of an aj or are they hoping that you would come in and um work with some of the younger talent on raw or smackdown i think they were you know they were wanting me to come in and work with the younger talent on raw and smackdown and you know and they were saying you know basically saying like you know with your basically you know your personality and stuff like that like i i know i would have got over you know no matter what you know like i i can work with anybody and still make myself get over you know as you say you you can you can go over but you know you can get over as well <laughs> would that have been a better choice for you than as opposed to like going to nxt and and working in that company where you could work with th those guys and maybe make a name for yourself there and make it to the main roster and see, that was one of the things that I was, you know, th that I kind of wanted to do. Like, I wanted to go to NXT because, you know, I know a lot of guys on, on all, all the brands. But, you know, just to be able to go down there and, and work with those guys. I know the, the first time that I went down there, like, those guys were just, like, so appreciative. And they they would just, you know, listen to anything you said, you know. And they're not the kind of people that would say, hey, you know, would you watch my match? But then when they come back, they would be like, well, but I was going to do this. You know, they would be like, oh, well, thank you. You know, thank you very much. You know, so and I always tell people like Hunter, he's got that thing just running on all cylinders, you know. So that's interesting. So like the environment or the culture that's in NXT right now there, you you feel because you, you were there for a short period of time as well, that that those wrestlers that are part of that, maybe because of of Triple H are more prone to listen to veterans and learn from veterans on what to do in the ring. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, just because, you know, I I've told people that when I went there before, it kind of reminded me of like 
a young TNA group when we were at the Nashville fairgrounds, you know, and you would have guys like, uh, you know, Mr. Perfect and Dusty Rhodes and all these guys come in. I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to them at all, but, you know, you would take every chance you could to just to sit and just listen to those guys. And, and, uh, and that's what I always tell, you know, these young guys, like if you can share a locker room with someone who's been in the business for a long time, they've been in the business for a long time for a reason, you know. Before the show uh, started today, James, me and Dave LaGreca, uh, I don't know why I just said Dave LaGreca. Me and Dave. <laughs> Is there another Dave on the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the other Dave LaGreca. Uh, me and Dave uh, were talking about you being a part of two very successful tag teams early on in your career teams that i thought could have went on to really do something if you guys would have uh stuck together or things would have worked out whatever in your opinion what could have worked on a worldwide level better or drew more money america's most wanted or beer money uh man you know I always tell people because they always ask me which one was the better group, you know. And I always say, I don't want. I'm not asking you which one was better. I, I, That's subjective I, to personal. Well, and and, and I and I there's really no answer for that because it was two different times. Like there was a time with the a with the AMW where me and Chris had to rely on each other, so we had each other and we had to try to make it as a team because we were basically unknown, so we had to make that team work. Whereas me and Bobby. We we're basically already known in TNA. So, and we thought we were just going to be thrown together for a couple of months is what Dutch told us anyways. You know, he's like, here, you guys are going to be together, make it work. And then we blew it up, you know, but to me, I think, uh, you know, I think that beer money could be, you, you know, the, uh, the bigger of the two on a worldwide level, just because still like, no matter where I go, people still are like beer money, you know, it's just, Something that we thought was so silly and stupid just got over ridiculous. Just like the beer money suplex. Bobby would always say, we got to come up with something so stupid that people, when we get ready to do it, they will boo us. And it just became so comical that it just got over, you know, and and people hated taking that double suplex. <laughs> like, it, was, it was just a double suplex, but how we had them hooked, the arms were like this, and we would sit there, you know, for a good while, and like, just suplex me already. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Uh, and, and you know, when you say WWE, I guess there's a lot of hope for fans that it would be you and Bobby Roode back together again, especially since Roode seems to be a part of a tag team. It seems almost custom-made for you to come in and tag with Bobby again. Yeah, you know, but it's it's one of those things too. Like, I always say, if if he's got something good going on, great. You know, I don't want to go in there and just say, hey, we should be a tag team now. No, like, if I went in there, you know, knowing that I was going to go in there by myself, I want to go in there and make a name for myself first until you know, because people already know beer money. You know, if we got together, so I would like to go in there and put my you know footprints in the sand before I started doing any kind of beer money stuff. Do you have any uh, any events coming up uh, in the near future? Any shows? Anything going on? Yeah, actually, I know with the whole uh, COVID I, thing, it's hard. Yeah, well, it's it's crazy. I've been really busy. I just I went to L.A. and did uh, prime time for uh, uh, Dave Marquez. And man, I gotta I gotta say, like, you know, especially all the WWE guys and the AEW guys, like to wrestle in front of no crowd, Jesus, it hurts <laughs> so bad because you know, bully, we're so used to that crowd. And that adrenaline, and we don't 
like we can have a broken ankle and we really don't know it that it's broken until we get to the back because our adrenaline is just pumping. But man, like just taking bumps and nobody's there. I was like, oh, can this be over with? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be but, tough. But yeah, so I did that. And then I got uh, I got shows uh, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I'm I'm staying pretty busy. You know, and you talk about wrestling in front of no crowds. When when Bully was asking you about NXT or you know or the main roster, I remember when you did appear on NXT. All those fans at Full Sail knew exactly who you were. You got a tremendous response when you were a part of NXT. Do you think that like you know Triple H being a part of that saw that crowd reaction and said you know maybe this is somebody that could just get bypassed through NXT and go to the main roster? Yeah, you know it, it, that. I mean, that could be that. You know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't really know. I was just dealing with Hangman and 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 Canyon uh, on on that front, so I don't know how much Triple H had to play in it. But I'm sure that somehow it's got to filter through him as well. Uh, you know, just like everything filters through Vince. I think somehow, you know, Hunter has a some kind of say in it as well. You keep up to date with all the products uh, still, like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. Yeah, I watch. I you know I watch, I watch them all. You know, New Japan. Uh, you know, me and uh, Carl Anderson will text back and forth here and there, and you know, talking about some New Japan stuff or or whatever. You know, and I'll, I'll talk to some of the the guys up north, or, you know, or WWE. You know, and uh, you know, I just keep in contact with them, and I, and I keep up with the stuff that they do as well. From a fan's point of view, what do you find to be the most entertaining uh, character or storyline or performer on your TV right now? Man, it's uh, it's it's hard. Like I, I watch the products today, and it, and you know they always say, "Well, it's because you're older that it's different than you know what it was." And I always tell people that I think wrestling has just changed too much, really fast. You know for my liking as well because bully i'm sure that you were kind of the same way when i was coming up there was tiers of wrestlers you know you had the undercard guys you had the mid cards you had the upper cards and you know you guys were talking earlier i always liked the guys who were wrestling for the intercontinental championship you know you had the you had the mr perfects and the bret hearts you know and those were the those were the workhorses you know and then you had the hogan's and stuff on top and then when they left you had these other guys you know and it was kind of and I told somebody the other day that I don't think that X-Pac, that reaction that he got when he was the one, two, three kid and beat Razor would really work today because you got everybody just all together now. So you have this guy that can wrestle the champion any day of the week. It's like, no, like you got to, to me, like if I was in a company, I want to work my way to that. You know, if you just throw it in there, like it doesn't really matter, you know, and, and like, like I said, there's really no, and, but I'm really enjoying uh, you know, the New Day storyline and like you guys, hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully they do something really good with all three of those guys because they, they all three definitely deserve it. You know, James, uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about with you, by the way, I got my James Storm t-shirt. On. How can you get, how can the fans get this shirt? Uh, you can't get that one anymore. So oh, so this is, I, this is a collector's item then. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Yes, Dave, you're wearing a collector's item now. No, yeah. man. I, listen, I, now that Thanks I know that, I'm not going to wear it. it. I'm going to put it in a frame. 
I'm gonna no. I'm gonna put it in a frame, or I could put it on eBay. You know, out of out of out of print James, James Storm T-shirt, yep. game worn by Dave Lagreca while doing busted open. Just go. give him a yeah, chance, but, and he'll show his cards. There you go. See, it's know, worth you, more now on eBay. You, you talk about the the NXT like when I first appeared, and you see like these couple of guys just going complete ape shit on there, and for, for so long after that, like. I would see those guys in a different package for someone else. I'm like, no, those are my guys. Like, what are you doing? But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, something that a lot of fans are talking about, uh, you know, pictures have surfaced all over social media, you and Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown. Tell us about this relationship and the work that you've been doing with Ronda. Uh, well, no, I mean, it's, it was just a one day deal. It wasn't like, you know, I've been going out there forever, but uh, I had to go out there for uh, Dave Marquez's uh, primetime live pay-per-view. And then uh, one of my buddies uh, who has a training school and I guess Rhonda and Travis has been going there. And uh, he mentioned to Rhonda that I was in town and she was like, man, she goes, you know, please tell him come by and, you know, see if he'll work out and stuff. And, and I was like, yeah. So, you know, I went to this, undisclosed location or whatever and uh you know just uh, got in the ring and worked out with her and man you know and i've always been kind of the guy just i mean i guess because i'm kind of old school against the uh intergender wrestling and stuff you know but because i'm always like really can a woman really whoop a man but i'll tell you what when she was standing across the corner from, from me i was like yeah i don't really think i'd want to be in a cage with her like i mean she was she was showing me some of her judo throws and i was just like jesus like act and it you know it's all in the hips but when i was talking to her and i was trying to explain to her like mr perfect would always tell me like the most important move in a match is the move in between moves and it took me forever to realize what that was and, you know it's basically if you put somebody down that brief reaction from the crowd that you can stop and you can control them just by looking at them like and i tell her i'm like especially with wwe they're all about facials like they they got cameras everywhere just to get your facial and i tell and i'm like watch jeff hardy no like jeff hardy you hit him with a semi truck he's up on the second rope with his face right in the camera like because he knows this is his money maker and and that's that's what i was you know going through and you know, we got in the ring and I was just showing her some different stuff and everything. And so, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, she, like bully, you, you've seen it where you've had people come in from different sports and they treat professional wrestling like it's a joke, you know, and, and, and like she was sitting there, man. And she would just, she was just soaking in everything and she would ask questions like, okay, why, why is this part of this? And I would explain to her and she was like, Oh, now I get it. And, I, and like I said, I never met someone, from a different sport that came into pro wrestling besides Kurt Angle that was so appreciative of what we do. Do you think she was training for something specific? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, it could be, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, I know that she, you know, definitely we were, we were there for like five hours. So, you know, I, I, like I'm good for like a five or 10 minute match. When I was trying to do five hours, I was, I was gassed to the ghetto. I was blown up. I was like, how many timeouts I get? Can I use them all now? But, uh, you know, and, and then I worked out with Travis a little bit. And, and man, you know, he like, he's, you know, he's a good athlete and stuff. Like, he, he can be a, a good worker as well. 
So, I mean, but you would think with Ronda asking these questions, she's a natural for pro wrestling. Obviously, this first run, main eventing a WrestleMania in New Jersey, like she's somebody that, that needs to get back into pro wrestling, correct? I, I mean, I would definitely say so just because she was a huge reason for like, you know, just a crossover into mainstream media for them, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and it would just be another good shot in the arm for the WWE to have someone like that back that can, you know, cross over into, you know, the mainstream. Yeah, maybe, Bully, maybe at next year's WrestleMania we'll get Ronda Rousey against Lana, you know, for the Royal <laughs> Women's Championship, maybe. And Lana beats her in the middle with her finish. <laughs> you, you know that's gonna happen now <laughs> because y'all are pissing people off just saying that that it's gonna happen we're, we're, no we're not pissing people off we're reporting on how vince mcmahon is pissing people off <laughs> james seriously i i don't know where you're gonna find your home i just hope it's soon because i miss seeing you on tv um Appreciate the time you always give us. Good luck with the book. Again, the name of the book is Make Your Own Luck to Children's Book, now available on uh, Amazon.com. You know, check uh, eBay, see if you find some of the, the limited edition James Storm T-shirts as well. And, James, always glad having you on. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, everybody go to uh, Last Call Outlaw, too. That's my merchandise site, that, my new clothing line and stuff. So definitely check that out. But thank you guys so much, man. You, you guys have a good one. You got it. Lastcalloutlaw.com. Make sure you check out all of the James Storm merchandise. James, thanks so much. <laughs> James Storm is out. <laughs> There's a lot. He's got a he's got a he's got a bottle in his hand that he is out. Like he said, man, it doesn't matter what time it is, it's the right time for drinking. He's got two he's got three bottles. <laughs> It's going to be a long day. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.